being patient. I see too many people try to rush in and force things. Be patient. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. I want to introduce to you Ash Patel. He's a full-time commercial real estate investor. He's going to be doing the interview today and a lot of them moving forward. I'm still going to be doing interviews, just not as many. And he is going to ask tough questions while still building rapport. That way it's not awkward. He's a good friend of mine. Join me in welcoming Ash Patel. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with our guest today, Shane Torres. Shane is joining us from Polk City, Iowa. He is the CEO and founder to Road to $20 million. He has 12 years of passive real estate investing experience in retail. Shane, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Great. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Ooh, background. Okay. So my background is construction. I started as a framing contractor back in 2002, built that up and eventually got into framing and building of large hotels and branched off into new construction, building houses. And in 2009, like many, that all went down. How did that affect you? I had to file chapter seven and I was in bankruptcy. I'm sorry, I'm foreclosure for about two years. And tell me what the recovery from that was like. Honestly, knowing what I know now, it wasn't that bad. It was a lot of learning experience. My bankruptcy was filed in 2009. It was fully discharged and or partially discharged in 2012. That is also the first year that I opened my first real estate office. So everything that I've accomplished in the last 10 years, I still did with that bankruptcy that was over my shoulder. I had an IRS debt from back then that was still looming over my head. And I was actually in a longstanding dispute with a local lender that also was looming over my head. Those two last things, I literally just settled last year. So everything I've built in the last 10 years is even with that happening. So it wasn't that bad. That's an incredible positive outlook that you have. You said in 2012, you opened a real estate office. Is that like a typical realty agency? Yeah. So I am one of the owners of Remax Concepts. They're a franchise based out of Denver. We are the largest Remax in Iowa. We have 14 offices, over 310 agents and about 55 staff and a handful of umbrella companies underneath of that. Shane, you have a tremendous amount of experience in building houses, hotels. Why not go back to what you know? When I first got into real estate, my first few years were just to do all that I can to get myself out of the trouble I was in financially as far as bankruptcy and stuff goes and deal with those things, save my house from foreclosure and get back to a point to where money was good and comfortable and I started out slowly just because we have access to flipping houses and I never really wanted to get back into new construction, but I did for a little bit. It started, honestly, to make a long story short, I started buying individual lots and then essentially backing new construction home builders that I would buy the lots. I'd put up a lot of the money and then if it turned into a custom, I would turn it over to them and we would just sell it. 
after a while, I did get back into new construction. And quite honestly, my manager that I was having run it, he ended up getting stage four throat cancer. So for four months, I had to run a night and day. And what I realized is I don't enjoy it. And I have to do what I enjoy. And that's just not anymore. It had nothing to do with the money. So I was able to close down that home building company actually last fall. And this time around, do it on my terms. So I don't enjoy it. What I enjoy, and this is interesting and in how I got into what I am now, because I, I had multiple single family properties, but then I read an article once about one of the prominent investors in our area. He'd been quoted saying that his goal was always to own property that nobody slept in, meaning primarily retail. And in my head, I was like, that's genius. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And I didn't know how or where to start, but I did. And that's kind of led me to where I'm at today. It's just been a natural progression that started with flipping a few houses here and there. That's been my philosophy since I got started in real estate is I don't have the patience to deal with residential tenants. So tell me about your start into retail investing. Yep. And honestly, it's always come from, I wanted to open a new real estate office, but there wasn't a space. So the first one is in my town of Polk City. I've been at least at the prior location for a while. And there was a brand new building going up, up on a main corridor. And I tried to go up and go into that building. And the owner and I just weren't seeing eye to eye on things. And there was this empty lot that had been sitting there for about 10 years that I just randomly looked up and realized the people who bought it are one of those companies that buy things at tax sales. And it took them six, seven, eight years to clean up those liens. And then by the time I approached them, I was able to buy the lot. I started digging a little bit more into it as to what it would take to buy the lot and get the building through that process. And I went to the home building company I was working with at the time and said, hey, I want to build this. I'll pay you guys a minimal management fee and you just oversee the day-to-day. And they did. So essentially what happened is my development company ended up commercially developing the building from ground up in my real estate company leases from my commercial company. What kind of building did you develop? This particular one was a 5,500 square foot retail space, office space. So one side is our real estate company and the other side is an optometrist. What other retail investments do you have and are they passive or active? Most of them are a combination because I usually try to put an office where I'm going. And that's what starts it. I just developed a $4 million building. Well, it it actually finished up at the beginning of 2020 when COVID shut everything down. So that one is 100% occupied now. It's 10,000 square foot retail space in a prime corridor. We have 5,000 of it. And the other two spaces are rented out to tenants that do nail salon and a very well-known fitness company from the area. So let's dive into the asset class a little bit. A lot of investors think retail's done, there's an apocalypse coming, but you're thriving. So talk to me about that. I don't agree that it's done. I think you got to be careful. So I've mentioned the few that I'm doing now are in very hot corridors. So to say that I would put one up anywhere and everywhere, that's not accurate. But if you find a good corridor People still want storefronts. People still want to get out of the house. People still want to engage with people. So the one I just did is in a hotspot. The community that's being built around it 
is one of those live, work, play communities. So you got your shops, you got your schools, you got your houses, you have everything within this walking area. And it's a 20-year project. We're going to be in the middle of that. Right behind it is a brand new 480-unit apartment complex that's going to go by our real estate office that needs their nails done, that needs these fitness things. So in this particular situation, from the time I started to the time that we just filled it, the lease rates have gone up almost $6 per square foot in just 18 months. And a lot of my stuff happens from opportunity. I'm getting ready to develop another one. It's more specialized. It's a $4 million daycare center. Is that one daycare center? That's $4 million? Yeah, the 12,000 square foot daycare center. So you've got to be around a giant population of residential with not a lot of competition, I'm assuming? Well, interestingly enough, it's not a giant level of population yet. But in this community, in the last three years, they've added 400 rooftops. And they have not one daycare in this town. They have a couple in home, but there are no other daycares in this town. In that scenario, the city wants it so bad, they're giving me so much incentive, it would be dumb not to. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. Realestateaccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. Their fractional CFO services include budget-to-actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. So Shane, do you have an operator already? Yes. Okay. How does a deal like that work? Is it a national operator? Is it a local operator? It'll be locally owned. So I will own it. The operator, honestly, is a close friend of mine. That's their background. She currently runs a senior citizen facility. She's probably going to come on in August or September as we get ready to break ground to help build the infrastructure. I will pay her a base salary, and then I'll incentivize her a part of the profit to make sure I don't have any headaches. So you are now in the daycare business, my friend. Yep. It started with a joke. I was just joking. I was giving them free advice on a piece of commercial land for a gas station. 
because I own commercial land behind our office in Polk City too. And I was just talking to my wife about putting a daycare there. And city council said, now he needs a daycare. I was like, funny you just said that because I was just joking with my wife. And they're like, no, come talk to us. I was like, no, I'm doing this building over here. I'm not done. I'm not. They're like, just come talk to us. And flash forward till now, they literally made it so enticing as far as the incentives go from the city. I'm basically going to do this with very little out of pocket. That's great. Shane, you have a distinct advantage with your development background to get a piece of land and develop it. Do you ever buy existing retail centers? I've looked at them. I actually, so I'm sitting in one of our other offices right now. This is one that I lease out because of a company that we bought and that I do have an option to purchase this, which I will someday. So this is specific to us, but right across the street is a retail center fully leased that just went up for sale for, I want to say 3.2 million a few weeks ago. I did look at that to purchase, but for me, the numbers just didn't make sense. So I backed away from that one. The building I was referring to earlier that I wanted to go into, but I couldn't, that one just got fully occupied and went for sale. And quite honestly, it was for a steal. I think it was listed at 2.3 million. Well, they built it for 2.9. But by the time I had gotten wind of it, one of the other local guys had already picked it up. So I do look at them. I've always developed from the beginning so far. What if you can find a property that's cheaper to buy than build? Would that entice you enough? Oh, absolutely. Okay. How do you go about filling your centers? Again, I look at what needed in that area and I'll just go out and start approaching businesses. It's how this eye care worked. It's how the, not eye care, I'm sorry, the nail salon. Same thing with the eye care. I knew the town needed an eye care. I knew there was an optometrist that wanted to open their own thing. So I approached them and it worked out. So in that scenario, I do tend to go out there and find them. It might be something in the way of, if they're just getting started, I might have to put a little extra money into them as far as build out or something like that goes to make it worth their while. But it's doing a little legwork up front, knowing what people want. And chances are, if you're buying an existing building, you're still going to have to do some sort of a rehab with it, freshen it up, if you will. Um, and in that case, keeping the rents down and making it still pretty for them, it becomes very important. And I think that's one of the things that people overlook when they think of this retail apocalypse. They look at the big box stores going under, but I think they underestimate the neighborhood services, the pizza place, the insurance place, the eye doctor massage, nails, hair. So is that your focus? Do you try to stay in suburban locations versus city centers? I've looked at city centers, but so far they've all been suburban. Yeah. And I think that's where the best returns seem to be. It it is. The other thing that, and it's a little bit of a sidebar, I've done large multifamily too, but I'm super picky with that too. So my focus right now is the commercial. I've had various different projects. This isn't necessarily retail per se, because there's going to be an owner-occupied building. But my wife and I just bought an old church because her vision's always been to do a game lounge for the youth. And we're going to convert this church into a game lounge. So that's her project. That's her passion. I'm just backing it. So that's a whole nother thing because we're converting a church to what we want to do is not the easiest thing in the world. So Funny you mentioned that. 13, 14 years ago, my wife and I bought a church and converted it to our home giant money pit. I've already said, I'll be happy if it breaks even. It's her passion. So yeah, that's, it's giving yeah. back to our community because 
There are no old buildings in our community that are able to be redone except for this one. And it provides a service to the community that's not there right now. Yeah, that's a great cause. Is there an ideal footprint or layout for a retail center that you build? It's pretty consistent, whether it's 4,000, 8,000, 10,000, 12,000. It's obviously based on the size of the lot, but it's usually longer and not as deep. That just seems to be easier to fit things in as far as offices and or space compared to the more narrow ones, which then you have less walk space. That's basically what all of our blueprints have been as far as layout goes for the last three plus years. And Shane, do you try to get an anchor tenant or is it just all neighborhood mom and pop businesses? Um, I usually like to have an anchor tenant before we even start. That's helpful. Sometimes it's us. Most recently I was working on one and it didn't come to fruition yet. It was a four-story, 40,000 square foot building that had retail on the first floor and rentals up top. In that scenario, I was talking to prominent restaurant groups that would have been the anchor tenants for that. And I'd already had them committed, but it just didn't work out with the city. Have you had any luck trying to get a national tenant and as an anchor? Um, Yes. I actually talked to a few national tenants in the building I did last year. And honestly, some of their requirements are so stringent. I just didn't want to deal with it. And I know a Midas or something went in the building down the road. They had to redo all the association docs and you can't do this and you can't do that. And they just demand too much. So I just didn't want to deal with it. I've tried to work with Edward Joneses and things like that. There's too much red tape in my opinion. And they often don't pay as high as a mom and pop business would. They bank on their name saying, hey, we're Chipotle or Starbucks. You're lucky we're coming to you. So this is what you're going to pay. They're they're always like, oh, this is corporately backed. I don't care if it's corporately backed. I just want what's best for the building, the area, and honestly, what's going to give us the best return. And have you invested in office or other types of commercial assets? I've been involved in other industrial type things. Not like that I personally was the one doing it, just like money into them and stuff. Uh, Again, if they make sense, I'll do them. So kind of behind the scenes, so I don't have to worry about it. I have looked at just outside of our market in other areas, more office type space. I have an option to buy a building over in the Quad Cities, which is about three hours from here. I'll look at anything. That's the thing. Anything that I've done, I didn't necessarily set out to do per se. It's just an opportunity presented itself and I figured it out that it made sense. Shane, what advice would you give somebody that wants to follow in your footsteps? They want to buy raw land and develop retail. Just don't try to rush it. Like I said, I've never set out to do these things. It started from a conversation an opportunity that presented itself. And I looked at it and was, this made sense and let's do it. The building that I started in 2019, but ended in 2020, that started with us sitting down and saying, hey, we need a real estate office in this community, but there's nothing there. What do we do? I'll build something. And it started in a different location on another piece of land, different building, different general contractor, different everything compared to where it actually ended up but I never rushed it. And I always had people around me who were smarter than me, the engineers and the architects and even the general contractor that I'm good friends with that helped. 
I rely a lot on them. And from there, I make the decisions. So my biggest thing is don't rush it and look for opportunity. I love that relaxed and positive attitude. Earlier in our conversation, Shane, you mentioned you're building in hot areas. How do you define a hot area? I look at the housing, what's growing. I look at traffic count. I look at have they done any improvements to the community, like widen the roads for more traffic, things like that. And in this particular situation, I referenced this development that's a 20-year project. So like I said, when I first started out, the building I was looking at was about two miles to the west of where we actually ended up. Even though it costs more to build, I want to be right here. So it's in that hub of that hot area. We were the first building to build in this plat that still has all this commercial to the left of it. So the apartments are there and our major grocery store in the area is Hy-Vee. Hy-Vee's busiest store in the entire state. We share the same frontage road. It's right next to us. That's a hot spot. So major corridors, interstates closed, easy to get to, lots of business. We've got Facebook, Google, Amazon, distribution centers all popping up, all with close proximity to where we're at. Do you take on investors or is it just private lending that you do? It depends. I do have some where I have class B shares that I've sold just because I've had other things that I've wanted to do and I didn't want to tie up all my own money. So some have class B shares, some are just me. I have a couple that might have a partner. I will say in the beginning, just because I was just getting going, I had a few partners and I decided not to do that anymore just because it starts to dilute things as far as who's making what. I do always set it up that I control the dynamic. My staff bookkeeper manages all the businesses for me. My personal businesses, I should say. And I have that written in there that I control that. Does most of your financing come from traditional banks? Yes. What does a development loan typically look like? I've got a relationship with my bank. So for me, I just have to have 20% cash into it. And honestly, they don't care where it comes from as long as there's 20% and or equity. A lot of times, this is something to think about. There's class B space, there's class A space. I feel what we build is class A plus. So sometimes the appraisal does not come in where it was built at. And in that case, you have more cash you have to put into it. And uh, is your bank a local lender or a big it, bank? Nope, it's local. And I'll explain why. I will only work with local because of what I went through. And you asked this in the very beginning, what did that look like rebounding from that? The local banks knew what happened. The local banks knew what I had achieved in the last three or four years. So the local banks that are family owned, they look at the big picture. They look at the person. They look at what's been accomplished since, and they lend off of that. They don't lend off of just history. They don't lend off of just credit scores. So I will not deal with a bank if they've got a board. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Do you manage your own rental properties? If you do, or if you're about to, I want to tell you about RentReady because I'm guessing they have some services that you wish you had. RentReady is a property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. With RentReady, you're able to collect rent online and get paid. Find the perfect tenant with the built-in screening and listing service and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using the card, ACH, cash. They can set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it. 
And they can even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. And the best part, RentReady is unlimited. That's right. All this is flat priced. There's no tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for investors who manage their own properties so that you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the best ever listeners. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only 54 bucks at rentready.com when you use our special code BESTEVER. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I dot com with the code B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R at rentready.com to get RentReady's annual plan for only 54 bucks. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. That's one of the best pieces of advice that I give people is establish a relationship with a local lender, not well, a big bank. Well, I'll share this real quick. When I first started wanting to get into doing rentals, I wanted to buy a duplex. And again, I've got this IRS judgment against me. I've got this long-standing dispute with this bank, and I just had this bankruptcy three years prior to this. I went to the bank, literally, it's like right across the street from my office now, and there's a site, interesting part to that here in a minute, but I went to them, and they're like, well, with that, we can't even talk to you. So then I went to this other guy, sat down in his office, and he said, why did you come to me? And I said, because you're the decision maker. You're the only decision maker. And he said, you're right. And obviously, we provided the supporting documents, but he eventually approved it. Well, the one guy left and just went to a different bank two months ago. I'm loyal to that guy. I can text that guy right now and say, hey, I want to do this project. And he will approve it. And I do that because I still back some builders financially, even though I'm not personally doing it. He'll approve it. Now, the first bank that turned me down, when I was building that first building for six months, they were like, hey, we want a shot at that loan. And I'm like, you're not going to get it. And I finally sat down and explained why. And they're like, our owners told us to do whatever it takes. This was almost six years ago. So six years ago, I had three banks competing for that loan. These guys did a 4% interest, amortized over 25 and locked in for 10. No closing costs whatsoever. Unheard of in that time. The other two banks are like, we can't even in good conscience compete. You got to take that. And they did. I finally gave it to them. It's the only thing they have right now. Because I did try to do stuff with them a little bit just because of that. And I don't like the way they run their formulas when it comes to owner's equity. Yeah. I didn't realize how important it was to have that relationship until I started speaking with other commercial real estate investors. And they were shocked that all I have to do is email my lender and say, hey, here's a deal that I'm buying next. 30 days later, it's funded, ready to go. Very few questions asked. And it's only because of that existing relationship. Yeah. I provide financials annually, usually in January. Yep. And other than that, I don't have to do anything. Yeah. I text them, I call them, whatever. Jane, I was going to ask you what your best ever real estate investing advice is. I think we may have covered that, but tell me if it's something besides the lender. That's a great piece. But for me, it's being patient. 
I see too many people try to rush in and force things. Be patient. Yeah, I could use some of that advice as well. Shane, are you ready for the lightning round? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So Shane, what's the best ever book you recently read? You know what? This is going to sound really weird, but I just finished it today. And it's actually the five love languages book on how to communicate with your significant other. Yep. I read that as well. It's pretty eye-opening. I finished it this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Great book. Shane, what's the best ever way you like to give back? I donate a lot of money to the community and I don't like people to know it's me. Our company actually has its own nonprofit organization and they do great things. Also about 80,000 a year that they give out. So those would be the two things for me. That's great. And Shane, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Two different ways. You can go to the Road to 20 Million website, which has got phone number, email, contact, or you just can shoot me an email at shanetorez at remax.net. Shane, thank you so much for joining us today. You shared your intimate story and you hit financial rock bottom in 2009 and you've bounced back significantly. You're a rock star in the retail world. So thank you for sharing all of your life lessons with us. Thanks for having me on. Best ever listeners, have a best ever day. Thank you.